Greetings, patriots, friends, and sweet brethren of the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministry, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Today, we're going to talk about Sharpen Your Pruners, Part 2. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be the vine. And thank you that you have made us the branches so that we might abide in that vine and fulfill the will of the Lord. Father, cause us, cause us to want to. Give us that deep, deep desire to abide in you and abide in your word. I pray, Father, that those listening today will be so, just so overwhelmed by your presence that they will have a desire that they've maybe never had before to want to be in your presence, to want to abide with you, and to want to know you by studying and learning of your word. Thank you for each one who is listening tonight, and I pray, Father, that they would be stirred and encouraged to abide in the vine. In Jesus' name. Last week, we read from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, the scriptures that teach us that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. So listen carefully as I refresh our memory, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. So if you have your Bible, please open and follow along. Jesus says, chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples Based on the scriptures, we are required to bear fruit. If we don't, those branches wither and they go in the fire. If we bear fruit, then we get pruned in order to bear more fruit. Now, if you are a person who wants to avoid the pruning process, then you will avoid getting close to Jesus. 
you will avoid abiding in the vine. And you will most likely be someone who doesn't spend much time reading your Bible. Since most American Christians are biblically ignorant, gosh, then many, I would suppose many are not bearing fruit. That in itself is pretty disconcerting on many levels. If you're listening to this program, I hope you're not one of them. There are so many benefits of abiding in the vine, our Lord Jesus. So what are the benefits of abiding in the vine? Well, we are able to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit, and they are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And verse 24 says, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh, with its passions and desires. Two key things need to happen. One, we must daily spend time with Jesus. So we do that in with prayer and meditation. And, um, you know, I often say that prayer And it really is. It's just having a simple conversation with Jesus, basically. Now, if you're doing intercession for someone who is lost or is in a lot of, you know, deep trouble, whatever that might be, um, that's different. That's a different kind of prayer. Intercessory prayer is a different kind of prayer. But just to abide with Jesus is just you know, loving him, telling him how wonderful he is, telling him, calling him all the attributes that he is. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He is good. He is, he is El Shaddai. He is a Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the lily of the valley. He is the, um, uh, the good, good shepherd. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the light of the world. There's no shadow of turning in him. So on and on. We spend time just talking to him, just honoring him, just worshiping him, just loving on him. The other key thing that needs to happen is that we must spend time in his word. For as long as I've been on this radio program, I have preached this so many times. Um, and I don't know if it falls on deaf ears, but I'll probably never stop talking about the fact that we need to spend time in God's word. And last week I shared how through my difficult circumstance, with the loss of my husband, that I wasn't able to read God's word. I didn't even want to read God's word. 
And now I'm so hungry for God's word. I just, I, I can't get enough of it. So if we get lazy and we become undisciplined, we cannot fulfill Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit. It's just not possible because we will manifest our fleshly actions. And I just read to you verse 24, Galatians 5.24 says, And those who are Christ's, in other words, those who belong to Christ, that's we Christians, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You cannot crucify your flesh with its passions and desires unless you spend time abiding with him and abiding in his word. We'll end up just manifesting fleshly actions. Instead of Christ-centered, we will become self-centered. We will not be able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We won't be able to walk in love, peace, joy, patience, And our behavior will not be becoming of Christ. Do you get the picture? I certainly can attest to this principle. As I mentioned, I focused on myself during the pain of my loss. Self-pity and depression were full-blown. And I was not able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. When a person is in this state of mind, for whatever reason, there is no hunger or desire to read one's Bible or pray or commune with the Lord. Remember Jesus said in John 15, 5, For without me you can do nothing. If you have your Bible open, I would underline that scripture. I would highlight that scripture. I would write it on the wall. I would, I mean, (laughs) write, write it on a piece of paper and hang it on the wall. Because it's, it's so accurate. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. It's very, very true. The benefits The benefits of walking in the fruit of the Spirit are enormous. Um, It's akin to heaven on earth. We have the love of God overflowing in our heart. Our mind is flooded with his peace. We can carry a smile on our face because we have the joy of the Lord. And everything that feels and looks hopeless isn't because faith is motivating us toward the victory. We are able to express kindness and gentleness to those who are out of control emotionally, either due to anger or anxiety or fear. And it seems that the days that we are living in More people are out of control. They are out of control with their emotions. They're out of control with anger, um, anxiety. I've never seen so much fear in the body of Christ. I mean, 
people have this incredible fear because of COVID. And you would think that the church would not be looking like the world, but the church is just as afraid of COVID as the world is. And that is just, you know, more than I, I understand. I, I just don't get that. But, and when people are out of control with us, see, we can respond quietly and gently, or sometimes it behooves us just to be silent. Trust me, this is a better way to live. It's more healthy. Your blood pressure isn't rising. Your stomach isn't churning. A headache doesn't ensue. It's truly the more excellent way to live. I've had people tell me that they want to get close to Jesus. Well, there's a simple formula. Seek Jesus and abide in his word. I've often said that the gospel is simple. We don't have to make it complicated. And this is not complicated. It's a simple formula. Seek Jesus and abide in his word. Remember this principle. When we abide in Jesus, whatever is in him gets in us. Now, you can't put a price on that. We get his nature and we get his character. That's when we abide in him. Colossians 2, verse 6 says this. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. This is Paul writing to the church at Coloss. So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Folks, we can only get rooted and built up in Jesus by studying his word. Then we get established in faith. And then Paul says we abound in that faith with great thanksgiving. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Romans 10, 17. You and I will never have faith in God or faith to see mountains move without studying and meditating on God's word. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, this is what Paul prayed, that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we may that we may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God you see that's another benefit of abiding 
in the vine. When we abide in the vine, we can walk worthy of the Lord and please him, fully please him. And then we're fruitful in every good work that we do. And we're increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul wrote to the Philippian church in chapter 2, 14 through 16, and he admonished them to, quote, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life. We certainly live in a crooked and perverse generation today. I don't think there's any question about that. But the question is this. Are we shining as lights in the world? Or is our light so dim that when we walk in the darkness of this society, no one can visibly see our Christ-likeness? We cannot be bearers of light without abiding in the vine. I'm going to repeat that principle again, and I want you to remember this principle, and I would urge you to write it down. Whatever is in Jesus gets in us if we are in his presence each day and reading his word. Well, I like that. You know, I hope you like that. Because whatever in Jesus, it will get in us. And that's awesome. See, when that, when that happens, we are able to carry his compassion, his mercy, his righteousness. And we are able to experience his rest, his wisdom, his revelation, his understanding. It's a win-win. It's a win-win for us. And remember that it's a two-way flow. This is not a one-way relationship. We are then becoming his disciples because we just read a little at, at the beginning. Jesus says in John 15, 8, when we bear much fruit, we will be his disciples. I would propose that we need to truly examine what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Are your pruners sharp? If they are, cut off everything in your life that is keeping you from being fruitful. I mentioned last week that might be a relationship. Oh, it could be more than one relationship that is keeping you from being fruitful for the kingdom. Sometimes we just have to cut off those relationships that are absolutely 
so uh, absolutely not beneficial to us, especially if they're not Christian. Um, And sometimes, even when they are Christians, we have to cut them off. I want you to think about this picture for a moment. Now, across the road from my home is a large field. It's about 28 acres. And there are approximately, I've never counted them, but roughly 30 black Angus beef cows that graze on these 28 acres. Now, currently, there are seven baby calves. And those calves stay you, when you observe them, you'll see that they stay close to their mother. They don't wander away from her. They aren't wandering all over the 28 acres. No, they're staying close to their mother. They frequently are feeding from her. And you know what? This is a great picture of how you and I need to be with Christ. Always following him. He feeds us. He's our nourishment. He's El Shaddai. But the picture continues. When the baby calves are weaned, they're separated from the mother, and they're sent to the auction block. And it's a, it's a terrible, it's a terrible moment. The mother sends out a cry and she will do this all day and night. Now I slept with the windows open my first June in my current home. I heard this loud mooing all night long and I wondered what was going on. So I inquired of one of my neighbors, what is wrong with that cow? And then I learned that the calves were weaned and taken from their mothers for the auction. Can you imagine what our Heavenly Father feels like when we ignore Him or don't have the time or the desire to stay close to Him? Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, Jesus says this. He says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now all we know, we all know that life happens and we're human, and there are times when we get a little farther away from Jesus than we should. But no condemnation here. Jesus is always calling us close to him. He understands our burdens, our toils, and our troubles. And he paints such a comforting picture of himself. Now, why wouldn't anybody want to come and get close to him? Again, the benefits. He says, I'll give you rest. He says, you'll learn from me. He says, I'm gentle and humble. And I won't make you feel bad. And everything that is too heavy for you to carry in this life, I will make it light for you. I'm the good shepherd. 
Remember, I lead you beside the still waters and restore your soul. In John chapter 14, 12, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. When we abide in the vine, we are capable of walking in that dunamis power of Jesus. Abiding causes us to believe and walk in great faith. Then we can do the works of Jesus, which he commanded us to do. Lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the leper, and raise the dead. Jesus told us in John chapter 14 that we would do not just the works Jesus did, but greater works, greater in number than Jesus. He was only one person walking in the power from his father. There are now millions of Christians all over the world. So I want to leave us with the fact that there are so many benefits from spending time in the vine. And we're going to finish this up hopefully next week. But I want to close today with a song from Alan Jackson called Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free turn your eyes upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace through death into life everlasting he passed and we follow him there over us sin no more had dominion for more than conquerors we are and turn your eyes upon jesus look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace his word shall not fail you he promised believe him and all will be well then go to a world 
I'll just encourage you with turn your eyes and your heart on the Good Shepherd. Abide in Him. Well, this is Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries. You can go to www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. I appreciate your prayers every week. I ask you to pray. It's so important. Prayer is so vital. And I'm asking you to please help support this ministry. You can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I look forward to being with you again as we talk about Sharpen Your Pruners, Part 3, next week. Shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.